0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of After This. Uh, my name is Daniel and this is the greatest unification podcast unification podcast on the entire internet, uh, by default probably. Uh, I have <laughs> Shannon and Peter here with me. Um, Shannon, you will know uh, quite well because he's on the podcast all the time, obviously. And the one person you won't know is Peter. So, uh, Peter... Please introduce yourself, um, and we'll—I'll um, talk a bit about why I wanted to get you on. But I'd love to—I'd love to have your version of yourself, just what you're doing now.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, and also thanks so much for everything you all are doing. Uh, I've really been thrilled to see the stuff that YWF has been doing. Um, I'm in the United States, and in the United States, someone my age, which is mid-40s, has long been considered a young world federalist. (laughs) It's not a... It's a spirit thing. It's not an age thing. (laughs) Uh, So I'm I'm really uh, thrilled to see uh, all the stuff you all have been doing. Um, I started a website about two months ago now called... OneWorldDigest.com, that's yep. all together, no dashes or anything like that. Um, basically, my background is I um, I summarize what I do as I, I read the news for people who are too busy to read the news for themselves. So I've done news it's summaries. A lot of people. And, it's a lot of people. <laughs> um, uh, And digest-type writing for my entire career, and it literally occurred to me one morning while I was lying in bed, like... This is something that I could do for the World Federalist Movement, which is Absolutely. a yeah. small movement, but a movement that is kind of disparate and has a lot of different folks doing a lot of different things and not necessarily being in touch with each other, which I find kind of ironic. We're talking about uniting the planet, <laughs> and, and unite our, oh, that, our 12 different groups. that have That 12 is an different...
0: ongoing thing that yeah. we are like, why does it have to be this way? I mean, come on so uh, so uh, yeah. I
1: started this website which is every weekday it's just you know five stories about what world Federalist groups are doing or stuff the UN is doing or you know other international organizations um, sometimes I have blog posts that I write myself on there but mostly it's just this bit of news coverage mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's been pretty successful by the standards of our our small intrepid band uh, in the yep. last two months. And I hope you all take a look at it if you haven't so far.
0: Uh, um, I, I absolutely recommend it as well. Cause I, obviously we see it pop up all the time and obviously we get mentioned a lot. So it's really cool.
1: You <laughs> I'm always looking for, you know, video stuff and anything with visuals, which um, I mean, I, I found video. my experience with some of the groups I've worked for. Anytime you try to have a conversation about what we can do to promote the movement, it turns into an internal email debate about, You know how many uh, how many Federalists can dance on the head of a pin? You know. Oh no, I know what you mean. Sharing the message with other people. So it's it's um I love the stuff y'all.
0: That was kind of the big thing right at the beginning that we were trying to get them to do things differently, and we're trying to do it from sort of inside the committee structure almost. But it just it wasn't working. It wasn't going anywhere. So we just said, look, if we just go and make it ourselves, then maybe. They'll see it and have to copy it or do something similar because, you know, it's clearly working. And um, it has been going that way. So um, hopefully it keeps going. And the great thing is that if we can start pulling more and more people in, more and more people will want things like what you're writing. <clears throat> like that, that's the thing is it, it's like you have the things there so that when you pull the people in, all the stuff's ready. Um, and they don't, they don't come in and go, oh, this isn't actually that established and then leave. Like there's stuff for them to engage with. Um so uh so the reason that I obviously I've wanted to get you on for a while, I just haven't had a specific topic in mind. But the reason being was that Nick, so Nick Rowe, the guy the co-founder of um uh, the YWF, he sent me a description that was written on the back of your book that just sounded fantastic. Um and just about all the stuff that you'd done and how you got to where you were, and it was a whole extravagant journey and it was really sounded really cool. Um, So I really wanted to get you on to talk about sort of how you went through everything and how that all sort of brought you to the doorstep of being a world federalist. Cause it's something I like to cover on here a bit is like how people go from being completely uninvolved to involved. Um, Because obviously that is what we're trying to get the other 99.999% of the world to do is go through that transition. So, um, so if you don't mind please give us sure. your version um, i can read it out first if you want me to or <laughs> and like do the the biography reading version or <laughs> you can just go straight into it you look of your voice
1: you thought was particularly fascinating that i don't that i don't talk about myself oh, look, i'm to just it. gonna read the whole thing because i feel
0: like <laughs> i want to now <laughs> i've talked about it too much um okay so i have to do my best reading voice before he turned 30, Peter Orvetti had jumped from socially conservative Christian to radical left Hindu, enrolled in Harvard Divinity School, developed a serious alcohol problem, pioneered internet journalism, and claimed a small piece of history in the 2000 presidential election. In this Ryan and witty memoir, Orvetti lets us in on his Catholic upbringing, where his precepts were laid waste after he found God at a Dunkin' Donuts. What follows is a spiritual sojourn to India, a trip across America and back with the legendary green tortoise hippie bus and a nasty booze and cough syrup habit that will force him into rehab. Along the way, we meet a a bizarre cast of characters from transcendental meditation devotees to preening game show hosts to self-serving politician shills. And somehow Orvetti manages several several stints at several of Washington's DC's biggest thought leaders. Including the Cato Institute and National Journal, all while doing pioneering journalism on the still novel internet. So
1: that was the. uh, I haven't looked at that in so long. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's it's um. I won't say it's embarrassing, but my life has been much more staid and boring since then, um, (laughs) which is a good thing uh, because it was kind of exhausting.
2: Interesting
0: part, and then we'll say, and then all the World Federalist stuff started, and just sort of just leave it
1: leave it vague. yeah um <laughs> i mean there's a certain arrogance involved to writing a memoir when oh, you're like, 32 years old and the reason yep. i did it um it was kind of not by accident but um uh, i have twin sons uh, who are now 16 um and they were born just after i turned 30 and um i don't know if either of y'all have kids but um something weird happens when you have children especially if you're in a city and start taking them to parks it's like that first couple of weeks of college where you're meeting all these people and telling them your story because you're meeting all these parents <laughs> yeah. and um and so i was telling like i would meet people and like was, oh yeah i've done this and i've traveled here and done this and people would say to me wow you've had a really interesting life which from mm-hmm. my perspective i didn't think it was that in- that interesting um yeah. So I decided, while these things were fresh in my mind, to write all this stuff down so my sons could read it someday. And some of Uh my friends said to me, well, we'd like to read some of these stories, too. So I just gathered them and put them together and self-published it. But that was, you know, ages ago, and I haven't really looked at it since then. But yeah, um, I... I'm sitting in a house right now that was purchased in large part um, through my experience on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, <laughs> um, Wait, you were on that's there? The game show host part. Uh back. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, back. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know the show was was big worldwide. When the in the US, when it really hit, there was a period when it yep. was on literally four nights a week. And yeah. during that brief period, I got on the show, um, I didn't win a million dollars, but I won enough for the down payment on our house. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, uh, I was supposed to interview Bill Clinton at one point for a website that I was writing for back when he was still president. Uh, this yep. was when Al Gore was running for president, and literally while I was in the air flying to L.A. to the convention to interview him, uh, the Gore people canceled all of Bill Clinton's appearances because Bill Clinton had decided he was tired of you know he, he didn't like being in the background and Al Gore had been getting all the attention for a couple weeks. So Bill Clinton um, went on some talk show and talked about uh, his. His various uh, personal escapades and <laughs> right, okay, yeah, I, I did, I did, I get to meet him and shake his hand for a photo op, but the interview never actually happened. Uh right, but okay. yeah, I, I've crossed paths with some interesting folks. Um, so tell me about the, tell me about the. We'll go through it sort of chronologically because I
0: kind of want to see mm-hmm. where like you started to break away. Because this is what everyone does, right? This Is what every every normal every every person sort of starts in kind of the normal mainstream frame, and then moves somewhere and somewhere and somewhere and then ends up somehow on the doorstep of world federalism. Right. Um, and so I'm curious if we start from your, um, your, your early point of being a socially conservative Christian and then about facing over to radical left Hindu, I feel (laughs) like we could go from there because that sounds like a really interesting
1: rapid change. (laughs) Well, I think um, it's interesting because – well, I'll put aside the world federalism for just a second. Um, I grew up in a small town in New England. Um, My family were not really conservative at all. I I was raised – I was basically raised lapsed Catholic. I was raised um, in the Catholic Church um, because my mother was Catholic, but she was very skeptical of it and basically – we would go to church on Sundays, and then I would get a rebuttal afterwards. Uh, right, so okay. <laughs> it wasn't from my family that I uh, got uh, my, my brief period of um, of evangelism. Uh, yep. It was uh, I ended up at a Catholic high school just because it was the best high school in the area. And um, like a lot of high school students, I was having a very hard time figuring out who I was and where I was. I've always had a deep interest in religious issues, and I fell in with a very conservative group of folks while I was there uh, Mm. pretty briefly. Um, I sometimes think it's a a marvel that I didn't end up in a cult or end up starting (laughs) a cult. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) you have. (laughs) I'm going to end up in a cult. I certainly was... A searcher and could be easily influenced but luckily the worst it got was a, a brief period of um, extreme Catholicism yeah. but I was kind of living two lives because my other group of friends in high school were the avant-garde theater troop kids the, uh, the sort of um, lefty alternative kids and um, I ended up and it really was ending up um, I sometimes think the fates intervene. Um, I applied to a bunch of colleges and was accepted at one, which is Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, which, um, is a small
0: hamster college,
1: Hampshire.
0: Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, the, the Hampshire, <laughs> Hampshire is the, oh, unofficial out of the school. Sorry, yep, Hampshire. All right, Hampshire,
1: yeah, uh, Hampshire. <laughs> um, and Hampshire is a school if you Google it. Look it up online. It is basically yeah. the uh, the mythic hippie school. It was a school founded oh, after um, after World War II. It opened in 1970, and it um, is there's no traditional grading structure, no traditional program structure, oh, yeah. Yeah. and that's where I just kind of landed after this period of having been really far one way. I was among people totally different from anyone I ever met before in my small town, and surrounded by all sorts of new ideas. Um, and from the time I was very young, I was laser focused on, I want to be in politics and politics was what was interesting to me. And I was interested in Mm. elections, wanted to be a candidate or a campaign person. And I kind of had a mid college crisis where I've been focused on the same thing since literally I was in fourth grade and I took a comparative religion class on a Lark and liked it and took another couple and loved it. And, um, I had never read a damn thing in my life about Hinduism. Um, I was, you know, I was familiar with Catholicism. I knew a little bit about Protestantism. I picked up here and there. I had the sort of—I'm almost ashamed to say now—the views I think a lot of people in the West do of Hinduism, which is that it's, you know, very primitive and it's based on, you know, God worship and people worshiping elephants and cows, all of which is complete nonsense. Um,
0: I think we're lucky Once. in Australia that we have such a massive Indian population that we kind of get exposed to it in a right, more right. in a slightly more yeah, thorough sense than you I would, would that's maybe more in America. More the
1: case in the United States now, but I feel yeah. like um, uh, it's it's still a religion that very few people here are that familiar with outside of you know urban areas where there's a large Indian mm. population. Um, I was spending mm. the summer halfway through college uh, living with my then girlfriend in Portland, Maine and uh, neither of us were working and so i spent a lot of time reading and i basically decided i'm gonna use the summer to learn something about every single major religion which is a dumb and naive thing to think you can do <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I, your way through it, though. I would get books from <laughs> the local library and i found this book called am i a hindu <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh we were waiting to be picked up one night uh because neither of us had a car. We were trying to get back to her mom's house, which is where we were crashing, and uh, at a Dunkin' Donuts, and I was reading this book called Am I a Hindu? And I'm like, wow, I kind of am. And mm-hmm. just by chance, my college had a uh, program every year uh, where you could go to India to study. And oh, I had never been... Um, I Basically, where I grew up is just east of New York City, uh, just to give okay. you some pr- perspective. I had never been, except for the family, requisite family trip to uh, to Disney World, I was 20 <laughs> years old. I had never been south of Washington, D.C. I had never wow. been west okay. of Philadelphia. I had not been anywhere. <laughs> and I went off to India for six weeks. <laughs> yep. That would have been pretty extreme. <laughs> and, and from there, the adventures the adventures began. And I was, um, I, uh. Enrolled in uh, Divinity School after college, mostly as a form of putting off, having to decide what I actually wanted to do with my life. Um, (laughs) I did not want to be a minister. I did not want to be an academic. And so getting a degree in theology turned out to make very little sense. Uh, That was also the year that uh, the relationship that I had been in for so long ended very suddenly, literally the day before we were supposed to move to Boston together. And Uh, so... My entire college year, in uh, my uh, graduate school year in Boston, I spent in a bottle. I have very little memory of it. Um, mm. I apparently went to some classes. I apparently did some work, and I ended up with a mediocre but passing. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's amazing.
0: You still got through it, though. You still passed. I, still, I stumbled
1: <laughs> through it. Um, I, but uh, at the end of that year, um, I met the person to whom I'm now married, and we realized, mm. you know, this is a better path for me. And so yeah. and I put all that behind oh, me. Yeah. And off. But, I was going to say, Peter,
2: um, I went down a similar path found Hinduism and did a bit of yoga myself about four or five years ago. And that, um, translated into a few of my friends nicknaming me the Bogan Yogi, which,
1: <laughs> pre- which pretty
2: much translates to smarter than your average drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you are, so it's an earned title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I can't,
2: didn't just rock up in, you know, buy a sign saying that. I had to had to spout some um some profound spiritualism at people and while well, sipping on a beer at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's part of the reason the thing is like I saw I read your thing and then I thought there was a lot of similarities with Shannon. So I was like, I really want to get you guys both on at the same time. It's just I think you both have gone through um, an interesting journey of sort of like, you know, okay, wait, this stuff didn't really work. And then about facing over to something completely different to kind of like try and maybe triangulate
1: where you really are. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I have I to think- watch myself because I tend to swing between extremes. Uh, I think people, <laughs> a lot of times people meet me and they they seem. oh, he seems like a pretty, you know, chill laid-back guy and i think some of that is me just you know <laughs> trying to keep myself from you know swinging too far one way or another but yeah um, oh, well okay. getting back to the reason why we're, we're talking um world federalism is an idea that to me always made sense and it's kind of funny yeah. to look back when i'm talking about all these crazy swings i had in my life and i mm-hmm. haven't even gotten into my you know political shifts over the years um yeah. but Regardless of when I was fairly conservative during my period when I was a libertarian, when I was farther to the left, it mm. just always seemed rational to me because um, the current arrangement of the planet is 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 fundamentally irrational and absurd. Um, as mm. I said in the video that I yeah. you know, did for you all a while ago, you have lines drawn by imperialists a century ago, and on one side of the line, you know... People are rich and the other side, they're poor. On one side of the line, you have universal health care. The other side, you don't. It's a ridiculous way to run a planet. Yeah. And I thought it was ridiculous when I was when I thought the government should be small. I thought it was ridiculous when I thought the government should be big. Um, yeah. Libertarian folks tend to be very wary of the notion. But even yeah. back when I was on the libertarian side and I would explain it in those terms, I would say to them, well, you believe in personal freedom, right? Like, yes. You believe in American ideals. Yes. Well then, why do you think they should be limited to five percent of the planet? <laughs> yeah, and they would they would kind of do a double take, you know. If you believe yeah. if you truly believe in these ideals, why do you think they should be limited to such a small number of people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, um, I I'm actually trying to write an elevator pitch version of um, our pitch at the moment, <laughs> so we can try and get it done quickly. And that's a good point. Um, yeah, like I, I think I've always been the same way. Like I think from a very young age, I've sort of looked at. Um, I think a lot of it was inspired by science fiction when I was a little kid. But the thing is, you'd look at the world and the way it's structured, and it's like, okay, well, this is how you'd solve the problem. And then it's kind of like you look at, okay, how does that solution adapt to this current system? And you can just see a thousand and one pointless little barriers that get between you and just achieving something that makes sense. And it's. Um, yeah, it, I, I, it's like since early high school. I think I've been of the opinion, and all through university, doing political science and economics and all that, and then out now, and obviously now we're doing all this work on it. It's just it's been so clear for such a long time. So I'm interested to hear how you went from all that to like getting involved in. If you've already ha- if you already had always had the opinion that world federalism was a desirable thing um how did you get involved with it in the first place
1: uh two different tracks one was just it took me a while to kind of realize this is the issue i care about the most where i feel like can actually have some impact um yeah i found over time um having been involved in many different causes very briefly uh you can have more influence in a smaller growing cause obviously if if Mm. your goal is to be involved in a major political party you're going to be you know stuffing envelopes if you're go if you're involved in a smaller growing organization you're going to have more say in the direction of it and in what you get to do so that was part of it um also just realizing that this was the premier issue that i cared about that it always Mm. came back to this in the end um that there were other you know Things that I was involved in that I would go and wave a sign for, or go to a march for, or give some money to, but that fundamentally, in the large picture, world federalism, and I've said this to people many times, I think it's inevitable. I think it's at least a century away. I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime, and I don't think mm. we'll see it, you know, probably most of listeners' lifetimes. Mm. I do yeah. think that should humanity survive, should humankind survive, it is inevitable, but it's a long way off, and there's mm. a lot of work to be done. Um, one reason why I really appreciate what your organization is doing is one reason why it took me so long to get involved was because it was very hard to figure out how.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: I would occasionally contact. I mean, the two organizations I was really familiar with when I first started looking at it were uh, the WFM, uh, just as a kind of overarching group, the World Forestry yep. Movement IP, and uh, Citizens for Global Solutions in uh, the mm. U.S. Which is the organization I do most of my work with, and. Every six months or so, or every year or so, for several years, when I would happen to remember, oh, yeah, this is the thing I want to be doing, I would shoot them an email and usually not hear anything back. And yeah. finally, after a while, there was someone employed at uh, CGS who did actually respond. and so I started working for that organization. Uh, right. But a lot of it, it's just been hard to find an in. Uh, yeah, yeah cgs has gotten much better about that um you all are a great resource people i mean if people google world federalism or if they see it on facebook or something it's probably going to be one of your memes which is great because then there's yeah democracy without borders is you know very present and much easier to get in touch with now but it's and you you've said this before in a lot of your content um people don't know there are other people who have this point of view they feel like it's this is a crazy thing to think i mean there must be no one else who believes this this is like star trek utopian stuff (laughs) and um just being able to find that there are organizations out there that are active and they're looking for people to do actual work not just Mm -hmm. send us a check every month so that we can pay people and, and you know that's that's your sole role is to be a donor i mean that's yeah. very important. We like donors. Donors are great. Yeah. <laughs> they help. Uh, but, um, but to actually find ways to be engaged, it was harder yeah. to do until very recently.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that was, the th- that was sort of the journey that we all went through, was that we all at different points. I think for me, it was probably 2014. Um, I went through this thing of going out and saying, look, I finally want to get involved with this. I'm just going to find someone who's working on it. And then you go out, and I had exactly the same experience. It's kind of like you're hitting hitting walls and websites and emails that don't go anywhere and you can't really find any news updates about like someone that's doing something of, of, you know, importance. Um, the, um, what I realized as I got more involved, I think, was that they'd become very, very fixated on, um, uh, sort of, I don't know the top end of town, which is kind of like aiming at people who are established powers, like officials and and people that run things, and trying to get them to advocate it to their organizations or their constituencies. But it's kind of like trying to get so you know this top down thing when you absolutely need the bottom. But right, I don't know they weren't really paying attention to it because like you can imagine if the UN came out with no groundwork, right, no groundwork at all. The UN came out tomorrow and said we're gonna. Establish a slightly more formal uh control mechanism over the world, um and no one knew it was coming. Everyone just thought the same thing that they thought now in all the random countries. I mean, you just have you'd have a revolt basically because the thing is, like, most people don't know enough about the UN, and then the the, the conversation would be controlled by the the conspiracy theorists uh,
1: yes.
0: because you've put nothing there for them to work with, and they have lots of stuff that they've put out there to work yes. with. Um, so the idea is you need to really hit that public consciousness level, and then you can go after those people. Because even then, the thing is going after them is really hard if their constituency isn't asking for it. Um, that's usually what makes them do things, is when you know people are going, we want this thing.
1: <laughs> and I think that's something that is sometimes forgotten a lot when we're... Uh, in our, I hate to use the term bubble, but when we're talking amongst ourselves, (laughs) um, which is not only is this an idea that is not, um, uh, in the Overton window, uh, by any means at all, uh, it's like another building. Uh, but, um, when people do hear it, their reaction, at least in the United States is extremely negative. Mm. And um, that wasn't always the case. You look back at the history after World War II, when they did these polls that showed 60 percent of Americans were Mm. supportive of world federalism. And the state that sent uh, that sent uh, representatives to the world federalist conference was Tennessee, which is now a very (laughs) conservative state. But it was Tennessee that was endorsing world federalism. Um, But now it's um, people hear world federalism in the United States, and they think new world order. They think. And that's plot. the thing, right? It's they not that think. there's
0: an absence of information. Mm-hmm. There is actually the wrong information. So the thing is, like, if you try and, yeah, you try to pitch to those people from the top down, it's everything yes. they're afraid of, right? Mm-hmm. And I really
1: find it, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, greatly amusing the stuff i see when i'm trying to find stuff for my site because you know just the phrase world government world federalism the vast majority of what you're going to see is stuff about the antichrist in the end of the world which is yep. which is a lot of fun to read i think <laughs> one day i'm just going to do an edition that's just all this stuff because it, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's great fun to read but yep. um, we're not at a place where we can expect as you say the u.n to just come out and say Yeah, Yeah. we're having a a world parliament now and people are going to just accept it. It would it would be met with great consternation to.
0: Yeah, (laughs) And, and that's and that's the thing is I want I want it to be a really, really streamlined journey. And it's sort of what we've been aiming for that you go from no matter where you are in the world, you go from completely unknown. I'm having some thoughts about this and I think it sounds cool to you go online because that's what everyone does is step two and then you find something and then you can engage with it because like it's very clear how i get involved it's very clear where the videos are it's very clear who's doing this it's very clear what's happened recently like you want this really really clean information flow to these people and then you'll kind of sort them because the thing is some people will just want to follow all your social media content and like things and say, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I think this is, this is nice, but this is the limit of my involvement This is all I'm going to do. But that's still good because those people are then going to like it and maybe share it in their thing at some point or whatever. That's still positive. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is, I want to make my life about this. I'm a crazy person, which is all of us. Um, And then you go on and you say, like, where's the community? Who can I talk to? What organizations can I volunteer for? What can I get involved with? Like, that, there's that level as well. And the thing is, you want people to be able to be whatever they want and have a fairly solid experience. And I think what was missing was any of that induction, really. That induction process was very, very haphazard. Um, across the whole movement when we started looking at it. So that's why we tried to make ours like jump on the Discord because as soon as you're on the Discord, <clears throat> the first thing you see is way too many people talking and way too many channels. And the thing is you get this <laughs> you get this thing that like there is stuff happening and the thing is if you're interested enough, you can delve into it and start talking yourself. Um, if you're not interested in that level of involvement, you can still just follow the Facebook and the YouTube channel. Um but yeah, and then obviously the podcast, which is just where I try and get everyone and anyone on here to talk about it. So, <clears throat> so the first organization that you started working
1: for was CGS. Yes, and that's that still right the bulk of what I do. As a matter of yeah. fact, I was on call with them just earlier today. That's uh, that's the organization I'm most involved with. Yeah. To a lesser extent, I do stuff with um, Democracy Without Borders. Um, in that. Every so often, uh, Andreas will send a message around saying, Does anyone have time to write a blog post about this? And I'm usually the yep. one to raise virtual hand. Uh, but yep. that is, that's, that's my, the extent of my involvement with them so far at this yep. point. But I've done a lot more with CGS. Yeah.
0: No, no, that makes sense. So, um yeah, by the way, I think April, I think April Fools is a perfect day for you to do an NWO uh, special. <laughs> that's a good thought. I'll keep that so, in mind. First of April, just have nothing but conspiracy theories. Like, Oh, this week. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I like that. Um, I that mind, yeah. Um, yeah, so... I think um, one of the things you need to work out, and we need to spend some time on, and I guess it's why, why we're doing this big campaign at the moment. So we're doing a big push at the moment. I'll just explain it quickly. To basically do a common campaign across the entire movement, basically. So all the organizations is to get them behind this general world federalism is good sort of campaign um, rather than specifically solution-based, which is what a lot of the campaigns have been, uh, which is sort of like the DWB one about uh, World Parliament and things like that. It's kind of framed around the UNPA and things like that. What we want to do is um, make one that's basically just about making people aware of the concept and why it's desirable. Um, so then we can get as many people as we possibly can into the movement, the organizations. Um, so what we need to work out is how to get people from all these different walks of life, you know, all these different places to get uh, excited and interested. So I'm definitely going to see if we can get you to write stuff for it because um, if you've been writing a lot already and <laughs> you seem to have that experience, it would be very helpful.
1: Um thrilled to do that i'm always happy to do whatever writing whatever editing can be of use yeah
0: yeah no absolutely because um that's going to be a fair bit of work but i think it'll be great because it'll be a simulation finally of this movement behaving together because the thing is we haven't really had that a long time and so we we figure if you can make this campaign and we can get everyone to participate in it they can kind of see the effect and and all the impact of having the entire movement on the same page to some degree um strategically which is basically we're just trying to get as many people to learn about this as possible and then if something happens from that fantastic because that's sort of what the YWF's been doing um just pursuing this concept of spread the knowledge as much as you possibly can and then um hopefully we uh get somewhere with it um so, I, I love to ask this question to everyone that I, uh, that everyone I get on the show, because I, I, I invite all kinds of different organizations. If you were emperor of the world federalist movement for a day, say, you, you, you were up in the castle of world federalism controlling all the, um, the organizations at the moment, all the people and organizations that are involved at the moment, and you could get them to do anything for a day, what would you get them to do and focus on?
1: that is a very interesting question and i think it's going to go largely to what you were just saying to find to come together with a simple common message a hundred words tops yep to start people thinking about this concept and understanding this concept, I was having a conversation uh, just yesterday with someone, and we were talking about all the nuances and all the policy positions, and I said to them, um, not that I'm endorsing you know, uh, Leninism here, but I said a century ago, it was peace, mm-hmm. land, and bread that moved the yep. world, not dialectical materialism. <laughs> <laughs> a yep. simple slogan that people who are worried about their taxes and their kids and the pandemic can grasp onto and begin to understand why this will make their lives better. Yeah. A very simple, basic message. You can get to the nuance later, um, but that is what I would do. I would say, let's come together and find, What is our common ground? We all have our different perspectives. And I think it's actually a very good thing that we have these different organizations because they are working on very different things. And Mm. some are producing position papers, and some are producing policy ideas, and some are producing memes. Um, And that's great because we can use all that together. Uh, But what is the very simple, what is the bumper sticker that convinces your swing state voter in the United States or your mm. Brexit voter, you know, that this, you know, this is something to at least contemplate.
0: Yeah. That's what yeah. I would like to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, in fact, that's pretty much what we're trying to do at the moment. So you'd be very welcome to put in your own, um, your own input in terms of names and slogans. Cause we are, um, we're trying to work out a big list of like suggested names and slogans for this campaign. Um, and then obviously we can use those to do all the marketing materials. So the thing is, if you can come up with our uh, peace, land, and bread, then um, please <laughs> whack it on the Discord and we'll steal it and give you no credit. No.
1: <laughs> and uh, I confess I have not been that active on the Discord and I really need to get oh, on there. Look, I just, yeah.
0: I think for a lot of people, and I, I've said this before to new people, is that it's overwhelming at first. The thing is there's so much talking going on and um if you think it's bad for you i actually have to read all of it every morning because <laughs> i i need to know what's happening and the thing is that i've got Esther nick and andreas and john who are basically between the east coast of the u.s and and berlin and they basically just talk all night about everything we're working on and then i i wake up and it just says like Five hundred unread messages, (laughs) and I'm like, guys, come on, just take a day off. (laughs) Um, But I'll get
1: on there and I'll start trying to think of, you
0: know,
1: of some bumper stickers.
0: The more and more we can get people to engage on there and pitch us ideas and things like that, um, the more and more we'll be able to build off it. The thing is, when other organizations see like you and other people from other organizations on there. It makes them want to join in and hopefully you can build up something, which should be really good because it's a great community when you can get it moving. Um, Well, um, I didn't actually have any other particular thoughts or questions um, on this. I I just wanted to run through everything and sort of figure out how you got onto World Federalism. So, Shannon, if you had any random questions you wanted to ask me, please go to town.
2: Like, because we got up to the Dunkin' Donuts and finding God. So I just want to know what it was about um, Hinduism that you can, that you learned and applied to, yeah, world federalism. Like, what was it? Yeah, what was it that you, um, that got you to the most, that you found most relatable?
1: You know, I haven't really thought about it in those terms. Uh, There's certainly a universality in Hinduism, and there's certainly a. I mean we talk about this concept of Hinduism but that's a term that most people who in India who practice it would you know kind of shake their head at in that Hinduism as we in the west know it is really an an a glomming of you know lots of different disparate but related traditions that happen to have evolved in the same place mm. that cross over each other and overlap and so there's certainly a universality uh, which I think is true of many many faith traditions. I mean, I think what you know the reason why I kind of you know got you know cracked in the head in the way I did by it, and kind of had this um, using road to Damascus is is mixing my religious metaphors. Uh, but um, it was a way of looking at the world and faith that just had never even crossed my mind as someone from mm. a Christian tradition. Uh, it just just hadn't even occurred to me that you know that was a perspective on faith that could exist um i had some very vague notions of what buddhism was before that but the notion mm-hmm. of transmigration of souls and things like that it was just it never even crossed my mind it's amazing i was studying theology because i really looking back on it now i didn't know a damn thing um mm-hmm. but in terms of you know how that relates to where i am now um it's about commonalities, and it's about universality, I think.
0: Hmm. I, actually, of out, of, out of interest, have you... Sorry, I'll let you answer the question. I'm just going to ask this while I remember it. Um, have you read the book um, Origins of Political Order, the uh, Francis Fukuyama book?
1: I have not. I've read some of his other books. Um, I, I've The thing about Fukuyama is... I like him a lot. I feel like he trolls people with his titles and his chapter headings. Oh, he like, can,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and he knows that he's doing it, but the end of history and all
0: that. Um, uh, it's, it's just the origins one I think you might like because it's all about, and I, I love It it's probably one of the most impactful books that I read like like 10 years ago or something. But basically, he goes through all the different areas of the world, and it's kind of like how did civilization develop there, and how did religion develop with it, or like on top mm-hmm. of it, as well as the civilization itself? Oh, wow. It's kind of like re- you get this really good um I understanding of why every part of the world is sort of the way it is and like what fed into it in what order and development. And so I got a really good understanding of like Islamic civilization and why it developed the way it did and like uh Latin like the the Central American ones and China and things like that. And it's just um very, very well written. So huge recommendation. But anyway, sorry, Shana. I, I, I think yeah. you had another question. I was just gonna say one of like
2: one of my, my favorite coincidences that I found with like um Hinduism and Buddhism, all of that is like their significance of the number one hundred and eight. Mm-hmm. And so they've got like the Buddhism they have the hundred and eight um mantras. And I was taught um through um doing yoga that we have a hundred and eight internal chakras that Mm -hmm. we can control and like the coincidence i found there is like being in the western world we have like five external sensors and if you take a pentagon you've got five shapes on the outside and each angle internal angle is one hundred and eight degrees and so that's fun and so then that made me just tie up all these like religious and spiritual symbolisms like, hmm, <laughs> hmm, how much fun can we have with this one?
0: Probably a lot. It depends on how you are. There's oh, I could, there. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I, could, I could write a book on
2: it and at least get 20 people to read it. <laughs> and that's, that'd be 20 followers. I uh, uh, like 20 followers it's extra. Yeah.
0: Just like little things between the lines, so like they just—I yes. don't, just don't know why I like world federalism so much now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: no, I mean that—that's pretty much all from me. If you guys didn't have any questions of your own,
1: I mean the only other thing I would add that this is not intending to plug my website again, but it kind of is a plug uh, for anyone who's no, listening. Please. I am always looking for good content to put on the site because, as I said at the beginning of this there's not always a heck of a lot of news about what we're doing. Uh, yeah. So I hope people will read, you know, will come to oneworlddigest.com, but not just to read it, but to let me know, you know, um, let me know what your organizations are doing. Let me know what you as individuals are doing. Um, I'm also mm-hmm. open to publishing other people's blog posts there. I haven't done that yet, uh, but I would be thrilled to do so. So, you know, please check it out and uh, send me stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, no, a massive endorsement. Everyone, please go and contact Peter. One World Digest. If you have anything you found or written or anything, just get in touch with them and um, get it up there because I think um, it's a really good resource. Um, all right, well, if that's yeah, it, then I'm... I'm, I, I'm on that same I'm, I just want to yeah,
2: follow up you on your posts and, um, yeah, keep keep up with like this because you just sound like the, the right sort of person for me to... Um, follow on all of this, you know, Daniel's way
1: too boring. I need someone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Also that I try, and I've gotten some emails from people skeptical of some of the stuff I posted. I try to be very objective and non judging of what all the organizations are doing. And I know there's some organizations that are kind of mm. at odds with others and some mm. that aren't so fond of others, but what I put up there is entirely, you know, without judgment or endorsement of the individual organizations. So regardless of where you're coming from, if you're involved with this movement, I will I will give you your fair due. Yeah, nice. uh, so nice
0: perfect. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming on. Um, my name
2: has been Daniel. And I'm still Shannon. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'm still <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Thanks very much, guys. I'll see you later. Thank you.
2: Take it easy. Bye-bye.